Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In all the Bible, no book gives us a perspective of the church from the heavenlies as Ephesians does. From the opening verse to the end, the view presented in Ephesians is God's view, not man's. And it's from this view that we see that we have been chosen from the foundation of the world, not to be sinless or even perfect, but to be holy. And further, that we have been marked out, predestinated, not to be spiritual giants, but to be sons of God. Ed Marks has joined us for our final program in the first week of the Life Study of Ephesians, and it's a life study that we're going to be involved in, Lord willing, for even several months. Ed, it's good to have you here and uh, joining in on the Life Study of Ephesians. Yeah, Chris, it's really good to be here. Ephesians is a marvelous and awesome book. And, uh, you know, of course, both you and I, we knew Brother Lee and how much he loved this book. And actually, if you're a seeking Christian who loves the Lord, you have to love the book of Ephesians. It specifically opens up to us the intrinsic significance of the church as the body of Christ. And as we'll see, the body of Christ is composed of all the members of the body as the sons of God. Ed, today we've come to verse 5, which is about this matter of being predestinated unto sonship. I love the way it just rolls off because you realize there's a lot behind it here that touches God's heart. Yeah, Chris, I mean, these verses uh, 4 and 5 of Ephesians 1 are marvelous. These verses tell us that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That is quite a, a realization that way before we were born, even before the world was created, God chose us to be holy, and he did that by predestinating us unto sonship. So it's a marvelous thing that we are the sons of God, and God is our Father. This matter of being chosen to be holy and being predestinated unto sonship, even the grammar of these two verses links them together, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And the verse, again, it says that God chose us to be holy, then There's a modifying phrase. It says, predestinating us unto sonship. This is kind of an adverbial phrase that modifies chose to be holy. How did he choose us to be holy? He did it by predestinating means he marked us out. He designated us to be the sons of God. In our program yesterday, we touched this matter of holiness and just what holiness is. It's not as uh, I think many people would commonly think just to be sinless or even uh, sinless perfection, which is a thought that many believers have, many Christians have. It's not that. Holiness is just God himself. And to be holy is to be separated unto God himself with no other distracting thing, no other uh, thought or goal, but strictly to be in God and to eventually even to be permeated and saturated with God, which is a kind of holiness that we could never achieve just by our behavior. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And, uh, you know, the Bible shows us that God is the unique one in the universe who's holy. To be holy is to be unique and distinct from everything that is common. And this is God. God himself is holy. So the fact that he chose us to be holy not only signifies that he separated us unto him, but we also get saturated with him as the holy one. 
And eventually we become the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Right. This means we're not just separated unto God, but we're saturated with God in his life and his nature. Well, in this first portion today, Ed, we want to see something about holiness being not the goal, but the procedure. The goal actually is expressed in this second part of the phrase, predestinated unto sonship. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we come to verse 5, predestinated unto sonship. God chooses us to be holy. This is the procedure. Then what is the goal? The goal is sonship. God chooses us to be holy, for us to be his sons. God does not only want a group of holy things. <laughs> God desires to have many sons. To be made holy is just to be mixed, mingled with God. We are the pure dough without a bit of the divine nature. But God came to sanctify us by one way, by putting himself into us and mingling us with his divine nature. This is to make us holy. This is altogether a matter of nature to transform our nature into his. This is a process, a procedure just to transform the nature of the dough. But this is not the goal. The goal is to make something in form. To be holy is a matter of nature. But to be sons is a matter of person in certain form. We are not only holy. We are the sons of God. We do not only have the holy nature, but we have a person. We are sons of God. Well, Ed, let's continue our fellowship about the relationship here of these two things, holiness and sonship. Holiness, as he pointed out, is referring to the nature, but the goal is that we, being permeated with this new nature, would be made into something, something of a form. And now he says even the person. Talk about this a bit. Well, Chris, to me, one of the major revelations here is that sanctification or the process of our being made holy by being saturated with God. This sanctification is for sonship. The reason why God is saturating us and soaking us with himself, permeating us with himself as we open to him and we enjoy him is so that we can be manifested the sons of God. We are the sons of God. But 1 John 3, 2 says eventually we will be like him. In other words, he spreads from our spirit through our soul. He eventually glorifies our body. We can even use this word, we are sunized uh-huh. this way. Right. I mean, we're regenerated in our spirit, but he wants to transform us in our soul and eventually glorify us in our body. And um, Chris, I would just like to mention, Brother Lee mentioned the dough here, the oil and the dough. Where he gets this from is Leviticus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, which talk about the meal offering. 
And the scripture says the meal offering was made of fine flour mingled with oil. Well, this is a type of Christ. Christ's humanity is signified by the fine flour. And the oil signifies the divinity of God. So he was the mingling of divinity with humanity. But also, you know, when he resurrected, he became the life-giving spirit. He comes into us. Now he wants to mingle himself with us. He wants to be blended with us. He wants to permeate us in the same way, the type of the meal offering. And um, Chris, I would just like to mention for us to be sanctified, you know, to be sunized, like I said, you know, we're coining this word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians 5.26 to me is a very practical verse because this says that the way we're sanctified is by the washing of the water in the word. And so if we're going to be made holy, to be sanctified, to be saturated with God so that we can become the sons of God in a manifested way, right. we need to be in the word every day. We need to read the Bible We need to read the Bible with prayer. Don't spend a day without getting into the Word. Read the Bible every day. And take some verses every day in the morning. Have some time with the Lord where you can pray over the Word. Then the Word washes you metabolically and adds the element of God's holy nature into your being. And this is the way we get conformed to the image of God's Son. Wow, Ed, that's tremendous. Uh, We're going to stay on the uh, point here of sonship. In this coming portion, Witness Lee is going to touch three things which bring us into sonship. And I'd like to read a couple of verses here that he will refer to. So I think this will help our listeners. First of all, in Galatians, it says, And because you were sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Another verse very similar to that is in Romans chapter 8, of course. And 1 John 5, he who has the Son has the life. So we have the Spirit of the Son and the life of the Son. And finally, the third item, go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God, really implying that we have the position of sons. Marvelous, Ed, these three items. Chris, those verses are powerful. Our listeners will receive a real treat to hear Brother Lee's fellowship on this. I must share with you three things concerning the sonship. First of all, God predestinated us to sonship. By what way? By putting the spirit of his son into us. At the time of regeneration, the spirit of God came into us. Don't forget, the Spirit of God coming into us as the Spirit of the Son of God. And this is why right after we got regenerated uh, spontaneously, we cried, Oh, Father! Abba, Father! When we cried to God this way, my, the intimate feeling, so sweet. And so good, I tell you, this sweet feeling is a strong proof that the Spirit of the Son of God is within me. The number two, not only the Spirit, but also the life of the Son of God. He that has the Son has life. We are sons in life. Many times we may be able to uh, reject the Spirit. But I tell you, 
you cannot reject the life of the Son of God. Because the life of the Son of God now just becomes your being. I do believe all of you know what I'm talking about. Many, many times you live in a way not only rebellious to the Spirit, but also against yourself. You are not happy in the depth of your being. If you call him, Oh, Abba, Father, and you live the life of the Son of God, I tell you, your whole being will be filled with joy. Not only so, praise him. We have the spirit of the Son of God, and we have the life of the Son of God, and we also have the position of the Son of God. This is for what? This is for inheritance. We are going to inherit all what God is and all what God has because we are the sons with the position. We have the sonship. Verse 7 of Revelation chapter 21. When the new Jerusalem comes, we all will be his sons. The whole universe will see that we are the sons of God in possession. Ed, I appreciated uh, a couple of things here. First of all, his spirit in these life studies in Ephesians is so strong. He was really exercised in all of these messages that we've heard now, the first five or so. Then also related to sonship, these three things, the spirit of the son, the life of the son, and the position of the son. He referred to Revelation 21, verse 7. I just thought I would read that for you uh, and then ask you to just share what's uh, touching you in this matter. It says, he who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be God to him, and he will be a son to me. Yeah, Chris, this is just tremendous that firstly, the spirit of God's son is in our spirit. We're not God's son-in-laws. Or God's adopted sons. Or God's adopted sons. We are the actual sons of God. We've been born of God. He came into us to be our life. Second Peter 1, 4 says we're partakers of the divine nature, of his nature. And Chris, related to our enjoyment and our experience of being sons of God. Firstly, we have the spirit of the son. Then we have the life of the son. Then we have the position of being a son. And Chris, related to our enjoying the spirit of the son of God dwelling in us. You know, Romans 8 says, you have not received the spirit of slavery bringing you into fear again. This is verse 15. Uh-huh. But you have received a spirit of sonship in which we cry, Abba, Father. This is a good way to touch the Lord just to cry, Abba, Father. You know, Abba is a term of endearment. It's like saying, Daddy. You know, every language has these endearing phrases. Abba in one language. Yeah, yeah, for Father. And we need to dress him this way. We need to say, Abba, Father, I love you. And you know what's amazing? The next verse says, the Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we're the children of God. If right now, wherever you are, if you just say, Abba, Father, I love you, There'll be a witness inside of you. I'm a child of God. You know, it's hard to call your father-in-law dad. Because even though you may love your father-in-law, he's not your real dad. It's just something very spontaneous when you see the one you were born of to call him dad. And when we cry, Abba, Father, there's a witness within us. 
that we're his sons. And then, Chris, we have the life of the son. He who has the son has the life, like you read the verse in 1 John. So Christ is in us. He's our very life. Now, Chris, I'm just burdened about this for our listeners to participate in the life that's in us. We have to enjoy him. The Lord wants us to enjoy him. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says that God has called us into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word for fellowship there means joint participation. It also means to partake of. Actually, you could say it means to enjoy Christ as the son of God. We need to enjoy him every day. And there's many ways we can enjoy him in the Bible. We need to maintain our joy. Life needs to be maintained, just like our physical life. Our spiritual life with the Lord needs to be maintained, too. For instance, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, Jeremiah says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to take the word as our spiritual food right. day by day. Then that word will become a joy to us. Isaiah 12, this chapter tells us to draw water with joy out of the wells of salvation. Then it says, in that day you shall say, praise the Lord. You can enjoy the Lord right now by saying, praise the Lord with me. You can say, praise the Lord. You can say, thank you, Lord, right? Right. You can sing to the Lord. You can speak about the Lord to people. All these are ways to enjoy the life of the Son within us. And then on top of that, we have the position of the Son. We are Christ's brothers. He's our elder brother. We're his brothers, and we are the sons of God. This is tremendous. Ed, I got a marvelous email today from one of our listeners uh, actually in London and was describing their experience, she and her husband's experience of just these very things, what had happened to their Christian lives that she began, they began to call on the name of the Lord, pray, read the word, to enjoy him, to call Abba, Father. She listed a number of these things, and she said, how marvelous it is to eat from the tree of life and to drink from the fountain that never runs dry. And I could just tell she was so thoroughly in this enjoyment as she was writing this email. It it changed my day just to hear her testimony, and it matches exactly what you're just sharing. Chris, that's a wonderful testimony. It just shows that when we enjoy the Lord by getting into his word, calling on his name, praising him, fellowshipping with other Christians, preaching the gospel, when we practice all these things and we're enjoying him, spontaneously, he lives his life out through us. And people notice we're different. What's different about us? What they see is the Son of God being manifested in our daily life. Ed, in the first segment, we talked about the dough and uh, also how it was not just to become holy dough, but it needed to be formed. And that matches a verse in Romans chapter 8 that Witness Lee will touch in this coming section. It says, predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. This matter of being conformed to the image is what we're going to conclude with today. Here's Witness Lee once again. You are the sons of God. You have the spirit. You have the life. You have the position of the sons of God. But you have to realize, nature-wise, dispositionally, you are not holy. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. We have the sons of God. We have the life. We have the spirit. We have the position. The Father said, very good, but you are not sanctified. You need mixing. Let me come in to disturb you, to mix you, to mingle you, mingle, to mingle you. 
with my holy nature. I tell you, this is the church. And the practical church life is here in God's selection that we should be holy. And it is here in God's predestination that we are the sons of God. Then the father will say, okay, my dear child, okay, you have the spirit, you have the life, you have the position, but I have to mix you. I have to put you into the mixer, the blender. Terrible. But I tell you, the father will say, wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm going to make you holy. Don't you realize you have been chosen by me that you should be holy? This is the church life. We all expect to have a tranquil, peaceful, calm church life. If you go into the kitchen while the cooking is going on, everything there is messed up. Chicken legs, chicken liver, chicken skin, chicken feather, everything everywhere mixed up. You say, I'd like to see this. Without this, you couldn't have a good feast. The church life today is a kitchen life. For what purpose? For mixing, for mingling, for making you holy, for making me holy. Eventually, we'll be conformed to the image of the Son. Hallelujah. Ed, our time is short, but I, I don't want to go without touching this matter of uh, the process that we're going through, uh, the kitchen process that he referred to here, to be conformed into the image of his son. To see our troubles and turmoil in this light is really helpful, isn't it? Chris, this is a big help. And and Chris, you know, you alluded to this verse, you know, Romans eight twenty eight through 29, talk about this. Let me just mention these verses. Here Paul says, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Many Christians, they know this verse, but they really misinterpret it. Uh, Firstly, what are the all things here? It's all persons, all matters, and all things. God uses everything in our environment. This is the kitchen. You know, things happen in our environment. And what do these things do? They make us desperate for the Lord. They make us realize, I'm short of Christ. I really don't know the Lord as intimately as I should. He's not that much of a reality to me in my life. That's right. You know, I've always said when you're going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, you don't pray doctrinal prayers. (laughs) You get very desperate, and you become very real with the Lord. But see, it says all things work together for good. Most Christians, they think, oh, yeah, everything's going to turn out good in the end. Well, the good here isn't that. All things work together for good. What is the good? You have to go to the next verse. It's that we would be conformed to the image of his son. That's the good. So the Lord uses all these things so that we become desperate to call on him, to contact him, to get into his word, so that he becomes a reality in our life. And then that turns out for good. What is that good? That we would be transformed. Only God is good. So God is added to us. He saturates us, and we're transformed, and we're conformed to his image. That means we express Christ in our life. That is the good there. And God has to use our kitchen environment to cook this wonderful meal of Christ in our being. 
so that we become a delicious dish to everyone around us. Yeah, without the feathers and the bones and uh, all the mess in the kitchen, there'd never be a good feast. What a point that was. That's right. Praise the Lord. I am just so thankful for this program. We need to stay in the enjoyment of the Lord while we're in the kitchen. Amen, Brother Ed. Thank you. Amen. Well, we have a lot to look forward to in the coming days, Ed, as we continue in the book of Ephesians. I hope you can join us as often as you're able. Yeah, Chris, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that is all of our time. We hope you'll uh, not only stay tuned, but contact us. We'd love to get you the printed messages, all 97 of them, so that you can follow along each day. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.